On today's episode of Soul 02, we're going to be talking about, and this is part three of a series called Lessons in Solitude, Lessons in Solitude. Uh, on the real sol- that real solitude uh, strengthens body, soul, and spirit. And we're going to be diving into that on Soul 02 today. And welcome to Soul 02. This is the podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. Now, naturally, I am a person of solitude. I, I get energy by by being alone, and uh, when I'm around people, I love it. You know, I, I, I love going to events, but after a while, I get kind of drained, you know. My wife is the very opposite. She gets energy by being around people, and she loves being with people. And so, you know, th- we have different personalities, but when it comes to solitude, we don't mean that you have to stop being who you are, that you have to stop being an extrovert. And, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit today, but uh, check out our podcasts uh, on, on soul02.com, and we have articles and podcasts, audio and video on there. We're also on YouTube and on Facebook. And so, so let's dive in today. Um, what is solitude? Or let me put it this way. Um, when we talk about solitude, l- let's talk about what solitude is not designed to do, what it's not supposed to do, Right. And one of them is this: it's not it's not supposed to. Um, it's not supposed to uh, destroy your humanity, right? Um, in other words, being being alone with God. When I say solitude, I don't mean just you know hiding in a cave. I mean being alone with God. And and last time we talked about facing yourself and facing the ugly elephant in the room and and letting God uh, help you with that. Um, but when we talk about solitude, we don't mean that it's designed to destroy what makes you human. We have today what you know extreme Christianity, and it's not a new thing. It it, it happened in uh, through the centuries with asceticism, and and we'll look at that in a second. But but let me first say this: that extreme Christianity is is when Christians live by the strictest codes and rules, where there's no joy, there's no rule for life everything is punitive meaning every little thing i do god's going to just strike me down if i don't get it just right and there's a bondage to that 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 keeps you from really being human Uh, because god created you he does not cancel your humanity at the cross in fact he enhances it that's why jesus said i've come so that you may have life and so there's this term that uh, uh that's called asceticism that was used especially during during the you know during the medieval times and um it's severe discipline and avoidance of all forms of indulgence typically all for religious reasons and the point being that that this asceticism uh became a problem because christians started to to identify holiness with with all the things you don't do and if I don't do anything, if I just stay home and pray and be a good little boy, a good little girl, then I'm holy. And, and, and the whole idea of holiness became perverted because many people became extreme in this area. And there were people who would, uh, they would flagellate themselves, they would whip themselves to do penance with, with whips. And, and their backs would be scarred and all these things. And this was their idea of if I hurt myself, I've repented and I'm right with God. And there's something wrong with this. It's a perversion of what real holiness is. Because God, if if he's anything in the beginning, he's a father, right? And he loves us as his children. So 
Thomas Merton put it this way, too many aesthetics, right? These are the extreme Christians um, that just think everything is all harsh and punitive. Too many aesthetics fail to become great Christians because, and, and I'm kind of paraphrasing his, his uh, words, uh, precisely because their rules and aesthetics practices have merely deadened their humanity instead of setting it free to develop richly in all its capacities under the influence of grace. And that's the key word there, under the influence of grace, that God wants our humanity to develop fully under the influence of His grace. So, so that there are parameters, right? There are par parameters to being human. I can't just go out and kill 50 people and it says, well, that makes me feel human and it makes me feel good. No, that's perverted. That's messed up. Um, so the old belief that a real good Christian is boring, cultureless, denies everything and makes them, that makes them human, that's absurd. Now, I grew up in a very uh, strict, legalistic faith tradition. At the time, I thought it was wonderful when you were a kid. You don't know any better, right? And everything was always controlled. Everything was always, everything is bad, you know, pe people are bad and all this. And I always, you know, grew up in my Christianity for, for the first few years thinking that, that even to go to a movie theater, I couldn't do that because that was sin somehow. Uh, you couldn't go to a dance or anything, right? That's sin. Everything's a sin. And because of that, I wasn't really human fully. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a dancer. I, I like movies. I'm a movie buff, in fact. I like old movies, and black and white movies. But what happens if we deny everything that makes us human? What happens if we put a lid on everything that God created us to be? Well, we become incapable of hating, but also we become incapable of loving. We become incapable of impatience, but we also become capable of patience. We become incapable of unkindness, right? Because we've numbed ourselves, we, we've deadened ourselves, but we also are incapable of kindness. And if I totally kill my passions as a human being, I can have no passion to serve God or to love my spouse or to live and to smell a flower and to, to enjoy a setting sun or a beautiful mountain landscape. And so God's goal in our solitude is not the death of our personality. If you're an artist, he doesn't want to kill that. He wants to enhance it, right? Uh, if, if, if you're a coffee roaster, he wants to make that better. I, I roast coffee. I love it. I enjoy it, right? He wants you to be human under his grace. So God's goal is, is never to, to kill the personality, right? And everything that makes us human, but to be enlivened by being with him as humans. This is why I, Irenaeus who was a church father. He said, the glory of God is a man fully alive. And, and when he says man, he means women as well. Um, the glory of God is a man fully alive. That God gets delight when you are fully alive and oriented toward him. So he, here's the point I want to make about solitude again. That, that solitude is, what's its purpose, right? Solitude is, is designed to strengthen your whole being, body, soul, and spirit. And that's the way I slice it up. I know some people slice it up differently, but that's the way, you know, that's the kind of the generic way people think about it. There's more to you than your physical appearance, right? There's something inside you that is eternal and alive, and we believe it's a soul, right? So 
when we talk about this, that solitude is designed to strengthen your whole being, we mean that that all of your in all of your humanness, right, and all of your humanity, and all that God created you to be, your emotions, your thoughts, your fears, your judgments, your lust, your anger, your your unforgiveness, your bitterness, your hatred, your covetous and lying, all that makes you human, right? That's how God made you. You know, God made you perfect, but, you know, sin messed us up, right? And we're broken, right? But Jesus never shied away from people who had deep-seated issues. In fact, he was attracted to them. The people who he didn't like and had a problem with were always the religious leaders because they were, they were in denial of, of the human condition. They denied their humanness. And so I make that point to make this one then, that when our humanity meets God's grace, this is what I'm talking about today. That God, He's going to accept all the stuff you have, right? All the mess you are and all the mess that I am. But He's not going to leave you that way. He's going to transform you. And this is where self-control comes in. This is why Paul spoke of self-control to, to King Agrippa. Because in Roman society, self, you know, throwing away self-control, like today, it's cool to lose control and do whatever you want and you know all these crazy things. But we find that when you lose self-control, you also lose your self-esteem. You also lose your self-respect and you fail to attain God's grace when you lose your self-control, in a sense. You, you, you fail to utilize His grace to transform you. And this is why Paul talked about being transformed by the renewing of our minds, right? God, God is there. He, he just doesn't accept me and leave me the way I am. He wants to change me, right? And the fake realities that we've been living, as we spoke last time, can have a numbing effect on our souls. When we spend time with God, however, <clears throat> we become renewed and resensitized to His presence and our souls become alive again. Again, that's why the glory of man or woman is to be fully alive in God. The glory of God, rather, is for us to be fully alive in Him. And, and we find that, that when our humanity meets His grace, right, something powerful happens. And we, we find that what this doesn't mean, right? Let me be clear what this doesn't mean. This doesn't mean that God will tolerate ongoing sin in my life or lack of repentance or hardness of heart or a lifestyle that doesn't please Him. The whole point of being in His presence is that He wants to transform me. He wants, he wants me to be like Jesus, His Son, right? It means that God's, that God fellowships with me just as I am, but His grace is being applied in my life every day. And He's loving me in all my faults and struggles, but He's also transforming me in my life. So maybe you, again, back to solitude, right? Because the whole point of solitude is that God gets you alone, He's transforming you. But what about the person who gets energized by being around people, like my wife, right, and people that I know? The extrovert. And that's wonderful. I, I think it's great if you get energy by being with people. One of my best friends is phenomenal. He's like a prince among people. He just has a, a grace and a way with people. And this is more about the health of the total being, right? Not just being energized. We need more than energy to be healthy. And solitude does not mean that we shouldn't be extroverts because we're human, right? That's how God made us. That's how we need to be. It means that our body, soul, and spirit will not truly grow by constantly being around people. 
that yes, we'll get energy, but it will not it will not feed the deepest part of our spirit and hearts and souls. We have to be with God. We have to spend time sometimes alone. Regardless of how outgoing you are or I am, there's always a quiet space that we need just for ourselves. And that's why crowds can keep us from facing ourselves, right? Sometimes we can escape into a crowd. So think about solitude this way today in this three-part series. It's like a warm bath for your soul. It's like a part of you that says, wow, God is so good. And, and I faced my stuff. I faced myself. And, and God is just renewing me. And you know, look at prayer that way. It's not just a request thing. It's not just facing the ugly parts thing. But it's, it's touching God with, with all that you are and letting him touch you as you are. So if you like this podcast, leave, leave a like, leave a comment, and recommend it to a friend. And we love being with you. We love doing this. So until next time, God bless you. Take care. And welcome to Soul Zero 2. This is the podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time.